0: If you're ready, here we go. Hi, and Rip, Oliver, sit your
1: ass down.
2: <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's mm.
1: damn it, Bitches.
2: <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk.
0: I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a movie has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Hibbert-Taylor, and joining me from across the land is my good friend, David William Rogers. Hello.
2: What is going on? How are you doing, Paris?
0: I'm doing well. Have you started any glass lightning businesses lately?
2: Uh, Just getting into it. Got the finance people (laughs) looking at the books, seeing, you know, best beaches to go to, what time of year, that kind of thing, who I need to hire. But it looks pretty lucrative don't know what i want to do as far as the restaurant side uh when i open it but you know we're we're getting there
0: okay good i'm glad that you have a plan i believe it revolves around Tuscaloosa, which is a place i don't know where that is yeah. but that sounds can't great. land I my flying
2: it... boat there or i get fined sometimes but
0: Oy. yeah well having said all of that david what is the film we are doing today the
2: film we are doing today is sweet home alabama 2002 okay and this has a pretty stellar cast: Reese Witherspoon, Patrick Dempsey, uh, Fred Ward, which we've done a couple of his movies before, Ethan Embry, uh, Melanie Linsky, and Melanie. yeah, and um, is it Gil the Snail? Do you know who? Um, do you ever watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, but yeah. not religiously. Okay, so, yeah. but yeah, there's some uh, there's some people in this: Courtney S- Gaines, S- who's in The Burbs. Okay. Yeah, um, Some peeps. yeah. directed by Andy Tennant. He did Hitch. Um, he's got a ton of credits, did a lot of rom-coms. I think um, Matthew McConaughey movie, that was a rom-com. And it was written by Douglas Ebach and Jay Cox.
0: We love a Cox. Um, <laughs> no, very stacked cast. I will say, yes, I enjoyed very much seeing Melanie Linsky, who is like having a moment right now and plays a great bar carrying baby carrying women in a bar but just like kind of fun and i chose this movie because i was looking up autumn movies and this is like technically kind of one of them and then we were talking about rom-coms and stuff and i was like i have the perfect guest for us so we'll get back into that in a moment but i think it's your turn to do the synopsis all right
2: yeah i'm gonna do this i'm gonna try to do this real quick so all right reese yeah. witherspoon right who i've had a crush on for a long time everybody knows this um melanie smoother she is in new york and she's about to get married to patrick dempsey who's the son of the mayor candace Bergen's the mayor and she gets engaged and she's got to go back to alabama because she's been married for the past seven years um she left home didn't tell anybody in New York, you know, her past. Patrick Dempsey doesn't know. Ollie doesn't know. And so she's trying to get the divorce papers signed by Josh Lucas, her ex, or sorry, her still husband. And yeah, she tries to... Probably put pretty much put down everybody in her town. She's got an attitude, but she finally gets back to her roots, finds out that she still loves him. Patrick Dempsey goes down there. They're going to do the wedding there. And the last minute, she doesn't sign the divorce papers, meets Josh Lucas on the beach, lightning striking, and we're back to it. And they have a party, as in the Andy Tennant movie, party at the end, right? We've seen a couple other of his movies, but that's the long and short of it. And, yeah, this is definitely rom-com-ish. It's a little more on the, I would say, the lady side of the mm-hmm. rom-coms. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting watch. I'd never seen it before. You'd never seen it no, before? My no.
0: God. I feel like this was such a favorite amongst, like, women my age, you know, growing up. Because 2002, you know, that's, like, middle school for me, at least, yeah. you know.
2: Libby, so- my partner, said um she loves this movie when i told her about 20 minutes ago we're doing this she's like why didn't you wait for me to watch it i was like well you're at work we didn't have time so you can watch it (laughs) and
0: you're like i was really worried after paris's last choice which was (laughs) autumn in new york that it was going to be absolutely horrific so i hope that you were pleasantly surprised i
2: was pleasantly surprised i was a little stumped and i want to talk to you and the guest about this is this a fall movie
0: i think just the very few shots okay. of leaves okay. but we'll get into it but um before we go too far welcome to the podcast my good friend and somebody that i will always attribute the start of my career to sarah porter welcome to the podcast
3: thank you so much i'm excited to be sarah. here
0: <laughs> sarah do you have a booty sweat that you got in nang oh I'm open one.
3: yeah we talked about shot getting beers live for this episode because oh, it just please? feels like i are gonna do that right so. now just stab it right in the side. I haven't done this
2: since high school. I'm not going to shotgun. Because I, mean, oh, I, I have to clean it
0: up. Shotgun. I'm going sh- to sip like a lady. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Make sure I booty sweat. belch a lot so yeah, you guys can it. cut around I,
0: that. I told, her, I told her we don't have to cut around it. We just blame it on you. I'll just cut in some sound bites. It makes it seem like it's David. <laughs> if <laughs> it's when we belching. hang out in
2: person, I definitely think we should shotgun a beer. Fuck yeah. Okay. I have a little Hell, keychain yes. that that does it. I'm, fr- I'm a Wisconsin boy, so we, we know how to shotgun.
3: Okay. I need somebody to stab it for me. I'm yeah, from Connecticut. I got you covered. So yeah, okay,
2: great. I got you. <laughs> where about in Connecticut?
3: Um, Norwalk. It's like an hour outside of New York City. So okay. I would say I relate most to Patrick Dempsey and Candace Burgeon.
2: Gotcha. From this movie.
3: I'm a Yankee Democrat.
2: Okay. I've been to Connecticut a few times. My girlfriend's from Harwington.
3: I don't know where that is. It's probably yeah, it's, 860.
2: so. It's somewhere. In. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere.
0: I also do not know where that is. Yeah. In fact, actually, if you put a gun to my head, I could not tell you where Alabama is on the map. Do you guys know where Alabama is? Yes, it's in the south.
2: Yeah. It's like right above Florida. Like you pass through so you, it sometimes, or we did when we go to Spring Break on the way to Florida. So
0: you could visualize like the the shape of the state. Yeah, okay. like if Florida's so here, know.
3: Alabama's like here. Yeah.
2: Yep.
0: Okay. Well, Sarah, before we go too far into the podcast, we do have some fun things to talk about, but. The reason I say that I attribute my the start of my career to you, and I will always thank you in speeches and stuff, is that you are the executive that took a chance on me to write my first feature. So Sarah is really the grandmother or godmother, like grandmother, she's like, excuse me, <laughs> um, the godmother of The Twelve Days of Christmas, which is my first feature that will, in theory, come out this year. TBD, we don't know. It is finished. It is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah oversaw... The entire production. She oversaw all the drafts and rewrites. She saw the potential in me. We met at a USC event, which is a university here in, in LA. And it was an interesting event. We met at the bar, just got chatting. And I told her that as well as being an executive, I was also a writer and I wrote comedy. And she's like, oh, she was so sweet. She's like, oh, let's get coffee and then I'll read you. And then she's like, you could totally write a rom-com. And here we are. I did. But I don't think I could have done it if you didn't believe in me. So I'm always...
3: Grateful that you saw.
2: Yeah, it's pretty pretty big.
3: I I think my mandate that year was to make like fourteen rom coms. So for me, Paris was a godsend because I was like, (laughs) "Hey, you're a writer who can write. Do you want to write one of these?" And then she and I
0: and I knew the business, so I was like, "Never harassing you for things," which is I hope huge. But Sarah, I was like, "Sarah, do you want to send me a bio?" And she's like, "No." Um, so <laughs> I, know I don't have one. <laughs> Sarah is was the executive producer
3: on about thirty rom coms. I, date, I so. EP'd officially thirteen, um, but I've okay. been working in rom coms for almost a decade, um, and primarily in the like under two million dollar space. So I, which
0: is which is quite a feat though, because to make a film for under two million dollars is pretty crazy like david i feel like you always bring up the budgets of films and we're always like whoa when like we're always surprised if it's like really low or if it's yeah. like really high we're like oh fuck what did they send that money on you know
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i we're saw gonna... one today that was that was mind-blowing like a horror today, movie episode... the new exorcist oh. i think What's it's like a three it? oh. it's like a three movie deal I read into but they got like 400 million the ip owner what yeah and it's not that doesn't have the greatest reviews, but I think it's a. Is it, they had to sign up for three three movies. To, is that
0: the Annabelle one? Is that the one that I was like?
2: Oh, uh, God, it's with the twin. It's like the two girls exorcist. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: and they're like breathing in unison. Exactly. That ad yeah. keeps popping
2: up, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. But it is Sometimes, interesting, like how you see um, you know, a trailer like that, and you see a big number like that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. for three movies, but still, a hundred million dollars to make a movie is a a lot of money. In Sarah
0: eyes. could make 50, 50 movies yeah. with that. You know what
2: I mean? Yeah,
3: From top to bottom. Yeah, we're going to talk value. a lot about the budget of Sweet Home Alabama. I don't remember I, what it is or like I think what it that was means.
2: Thirty-eight, and they did like one eighty, um, and that like kind of solidified Reese's. You know, she can make money in the box office. Damn, That's one I of the articles I this read.
0: Was, this was that. Well, before we get too far into it, as well, Sarah, tell us how you became the queen of rom-coms like was this something this was this a genre that you were always like into or was it like something you fell into and we'll start with that question but I also want to ask about like making movies on like low budgets. yes so, yeah. yeah how um, did you get started
3: so I kind of grew up watching rom-coms my dad is a big rom-com guy probably a little bit even more so than my mom but it was just kind of like the thing we would watch so I saw like Jurassic Park and Mission Impossible for the first time in adulthood. Whereas wow. rom coms, you know, I could probably quote, You've got mail, sleepless in Seattle. Oh. Parent Trap was one, you know, we had it on VHS and would just watch that every day. Oh my gosh,
0: we haven't we haven't done that one. We'll have to save that one for the summer. Maybe you'll come back. Yes. We'll
3: I Trap. could talk about Parent Trap all day. But I won't for this. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I love rom coms. Um my boyfriend says I don't like anything that has actual conflict so working in rom-coms has been great i also love diners drive-ins and dives because Mm. guy fieri every restaurant he's like this is delicious this is great give me a fist bump and then it's he just like moves on so
2: have you been to his chicken tender restaurant
3: I, where is it
2: here? there's one yeah there's one it's it's you got I only did this because we did international right I had no idea it existed it was in terminal two at laX but on the international side and these chicken tenders are the best chicken tenders I've ever had in my life I was like looking up for other places I think there's <laughs> one in Vegas a couple in norcal there's no like no that you can just drive to was in saying la I
0: felt that sounded like a Vegas thing for sure yeah, yeah. So. but they're fantastic a, it's called the I chicken guy Okay. An international flight coming up. I'm going to have
2: to go yes, to that. Yes, Is there to one him.
3: in Disney Springs in Florida? There might be. I think I had that chicken. That okay. did slap. That was yeah.
2: good chicken. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's so good.
3: <laughs> yeah. Rom-coms and chicken
0: fingers. Yeah,
2: yeah those important. are my two favorite there's, things. There's,
0: there's your bio right there. I don't know why. <laughs> why don't you have that written down somewhere? Absolutely. Look, okay, so why do you think... Okay, so you're not really into conflict. Is there another reason... Like is there something about rom-coms that just like makes it kind of your favorite genre?
3: Yeah. I love a happy ending. And I think generally with rom-coms, you're pretty much assured it's going to be a happy ending. Um, I remember watching once in high school and like hating that movie because they don't get together. Spoiler, but they don't stay together in the end, um, which I really appreciate now that I'm in my thirties is you're not going to Maintain every relationship that you have. Some are fleeting. Um, But yeah, I just, I love knowing that the journey we're watching is going to end well and people are going to be together. Um, Also, I love the eye candy. I think with rom coms, you know, the wardrobe is always going to be great, their hair is going to be great. For the most part, except for in Sweet Home Alabama, everybody is kind of on their best behavior. And everybody's supposed to be likable. And I, I just find it very, it's very, you know, it's wish fulfillment. It's aspirational. Paris has heard me say the word aspirational probably 100,000 no, times. Um it's true. Um, it's
0: true. I mean, my rom-com has like a hot French guy coming into town. I think at the 11th draft, we made him American living in France. But for the first 11 drafts, he was a French guy. And we were talking about that. And she was like, this is the ultimate wish fulfillment. A hot French guy comes to your small town and like just immediately like, after some banter falls in love with you like who doesn't want that I was like that's true yeah but then we will then we will like we don't know if Americans will accept this guy talking in an accent the whole movie so maybe he'll be American
3: yeah I mean that's a whole thing is um we were making um movies sort of for like a general international audience and they sell to many different territories um so I think there's less like Wish fulfillment for a French guy coming to your American town, if you're a viewer watching in France. True. So that I think that was one of the reasons we ended up changing that. Um, and yeah, just so it could kind of land different places where maybe they're not like the one thing I want is a Frenchman in a nice coat.
0: Right, because the French are like, we have this here. Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? But it's. It's funny to talk about that then in the terms of, like, Sweet Home Alabama because this movie is so leaning into, like, those American stereotypes, right? Like, the, I definitely was jarred rewatching this because I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. I don't know if you had seen this recently, Sarah. But, like, them calling themselves rednecks and just kind of, like, making fun of people from this background, um, I was like, wow, that's not very rom commie, because usually you don't pick on somebody for like a socioeconomic reason or like an appearance reason it would be like well it's like she's all that it's like she was hot all along but she was the weird art kid you know
3: that's something, <laughs> something like that's that. so I think is so interesting about this movie is like if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score I think it's like 38 percent but then yeah. all of the reviews on Amazon it's like almost five stars every you know, regular person who just wants to watch a movie is like, wow, I love this movie. The DVD came so fast. Thanks Amazon. And (laughs) they love it. And so I think like, that's something that working in rom-coms, you always have to remember is like, you know, I grew up in Connecticut, like from a long line of liberals. I'm living in California now. Like I'm definitely a coastal person um, who votes blue but you're, you're not making these for like, I'm not making these for like my mom or like my 30 year old friends from college. Like I'm making these for a much wider demographic than just myself. And I think the Amazon reviews of Sweet Home Alabama are proof of that. Whereas Mm -hmm. I did a deep dive into every credited producer on this film. None of them, almost none of them are from the South. Like the guy, the original story by, I think he's from Alaska. Um, Director is from LA. Producers are from LA. I think Um, there's one producer on this movie who is like born and raised in Alabama, went to Harvard and I think she is the reason why this exists is cause she like is from Tuscaloosa was like, wow, that's a hilarious place, but I need to get out and then like gets the script and is like, you know what, this is funny. And I think it's, this movie is mostly for her.
2: I think I saw that and she took someone down to Alabama um, to like, check it out. Like why, before they started writing or while they were writing it, something along those lines. I'm Uh, so cynical.
0: I assumed that they called this movie that they set and called this movie "Sweet Home Alabama" because they got the rights to the song, and they were like, "Let's build around that." Because for our show that I'm working on in my day to day job, um, we have the show is called "On the Roam," which will be out plug in uh, February (laughs) 2024, and the opening credits is the Metallica song "Wherever I May Roam." I've heard that song eighty thousand times, and uh, luckily we did get the rights to it because we would have been absolutely up shit's Creek if we hadn't so yeah I just the um the producer in me was like I wonder if they had a deal with the OG like songwriters or something or like the lawyer that represented that represented like the producer and it all kind of came together because this could be you know set in any other town really
3: right yes and that's what I wonder I read that um the original script was written, I think, while the screenwriter was doing like a USC master's program. Huh. And so I do wonder, because I think it's a compelling hook, is like woman gets engaged to seemingly perfect boyfriend, but she's married and needs to go convince her husband to sign the divorce papers. Like, that's great. They're from two different worlds. Amazing. Like, if you pitch that to me, I would be like, yes, let's do it. But
0: Well, just just for the audience, real quick, back up. What is a hook? Like, what's the definition of a hook when you're watching a film? Is it the, the thing that you use to describe it? Like, can you use your terminology to explain to the maybe not film people?
3: I guess for me, the hook is um, the thing you know immediately upon watching the trailer, watching the movie, like first 10 minutes of the movie. It's like, this is what it's going to be about. And this is this is what she wants and this is the thing that's going to make it hard for her to get what she wants. I think for me, that's the hook. And so I'm going to sound like an idiot. Um, no, I, that, is that?
0: A, yeah. <laughs> I think when we, cause we, before you left your previous job, we had been talking about me writing a few more films and we were talking about hooks and it took me a couple like thinking about, cause with the 12 dares, that was an idea that kind of came sort of fully formed. And then when you're, when you do one, it's like, you're trying to reverse engineer it. You're like, okay, why did that idea like land? And it's because it was a complete, you know, I was able to explain what was going to happen quickly, which is this girl's sister gives her 12 dares for Christmas to kind of break her out of a rut. And she meets a hot guy and there's a bit of confusion and, you know, they kiss at the end. So that's why I was asking, cause you're right. When you just it down, the hook of this movie is so fucking simple. Yeah. You know? So you want is it to being... be
2: clear when yeah. they see the trailer concise okay, I'm going to go see this. Here's what I'm going to th- be in for. I feel
0: like the hook is like when you, when I say to you, like, what was that movie about? And you say it in like a couple of sentences. That's kind of the hook,
2: yeah.
1: right?
3: Yeah. Cause I think, yeah. you know, any rom-com is going to be about two hot people falling in love. But you know, the hook is like, here's, here's the complication. And
0: for Autumn in New York, the complication is he's a 55 year old man and she's a dying 21 year old. Tiny, tiny hat maker. Week. She's also a tiny hat maker. Eccentric. What was the hook for Under the Tuscan Sun? She gets dumped, goes to Italy, falls
3: in love. Yeah. No, 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 no. She gets dumped, goes to Italy, buys a villa that's falling apart.
2: Yes. From the first looks at it. Of course I'm going to Doesn't have somebody look at the foundation, (laughs) just outbid somebody.
0: Sarah tried to start saying funny things before we were recording, <laughs> but you said that you listened to that episode and you wanted to fight me and David about it. Yeah,
3: I was. I listened to the episode yesterday, and I was prepared to text you guys. I don't think this is a podcast that I should be on because <laughs> oh, wow. that's strong. I right? grew up watching Under the Tuscan Sun. My mom loves that
2: movie. So many
0: American women did. But as you heard in the podcast, we were like, "This is a fan. This is a wet
2: dream for
3: women." Right? No- How could you not love that movie? But I like, think the writer the-
2: didn't even do that.
3: I I do wonder (laughs) if they – I just wonder how much, like, the real Francis was involved because I've tried to develop, you know, rom-coms based on people's memoirs or based on their real lives. It was basically, Mm -hmm. like, Under the Tuscan Sun but in Martha's Vineyard, and the writer, author was, like, I'm not giving up the rights unless you can get all of the 70s songs that I loved, and we were, like – with $2 million, we can yeah. get none of the songs that you want. <laughs> Maybe
0: get one. Let get one song. And
3: that's Honestly, right. not even. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. I, that, that's sort of, but I, I will say everything you guys said in that episode was correct.
2: <laughs> but I'm
3: still mad at you.
2: Because of how you it's feel okay. about the movie, yeah. watching it growing up. Yeah, okay. So many, yeah. so
3: many people
0: love that movie. But it's like, this is the fun of this podcast is that you watch it with a new lens. And so this is a good segue. Let's talk about Sweet Home Alabama a little bit. So I haven't seen this movie probably in like seven years minimum. I don't know when the last time you watched it. It's not that I don't rewatch rom-coms. I just feel like there's so many new shows and TV. You know, things are coming out all the time like, a great new rom-com, Red, White, and Blue, which is like hot, sexy, you know, two young boys falling in love. Mm -hmm. I'm going to watch that before I go re-watch a movie that I've seen, you know, a bunch of times growing up. But having said that, I was eyebrows, eyebrows when she said he was like a Democrat. And I'm like, okay, because in the political landscape in 2023, boldly stating that you're a Republican or a Democrat in the first 10 minutes, I feel like that's a no-go these days.
2: I think it was a no-go in 2002. (laughs) Really? Yeah. People don't do that. I mean,
0: you guys are American. I'm not. But it just, it didn't, like the way she said it, it didn't feel as decisive or divisive. Like, I think if that was said now, it would immediately alienate like half of your audience. Sarah, would that line ever make it into a rom-com
3: now? No, we don't talk politics. I mean, who was the president in 2002? Like, was this right before Bush? I think it was
0: after bush if you think about it because she... okay
3: oh yeah yeah because it, yeah, yeah. Whole... it was after yeah. 9-11 this is uncool yeah. we <laughs> should not talk about 9-11 and rom-coms um...
0: <laughs> it's i mean we just watched a movie where the twin towers pr- like prominent you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Like, in the whole and we film. didn't even br- we forgot to bring it up honestly i think because yeah. it's like oh boy it's the before time I don't,
3: sweet home alabama like i had seen it once in high school you know loving rom-coms it was not one I like grew up watching. And so, Sweet Home Alabama, like, I watched it once in high school and I was like, I don't, I don't get
2: it. Mm-hmm. I like, guess. Why would you
0: go for the guy with the glass company and not yeah. New York's well, most eligible bachelor? I think they pushed
2: and- it to have that divide. Like, these two shouldn't be together, right? They're, they're, they love each other, but oh man, point. how did this happen? She's from the South. He's from, you know, the North, New she's York. Patrick Dempsey. Exactly. And Democrat. And she's a, Republican, I, whatever. I think
0: you're, prob- you're probably so right, David. And now that I think about it, that is exactly what they were doing. They were trying to show like, you know, and she was kind of like playing both sides. Because then when she's in Alabama, her accent comes back so strong. And then when she's on the phone, she's like so polished and poised. And she's kind of like denying who she was. But I just thought it was interesting that like immediately comes up. Um, and then, I'm sorry, Two things. Can we talk about how he's the most eligible bachelor? He's the mayor of New York's son. Do you guys know who the
3: mayor of New York's children are right now?
2: I have no clue. I mean, the
3: mayor of New York is Eric Adams. And if he has a very hot
2: child, I feel like
3: I would know. Okay. Okay.
2: But he's, I mean... Yeah, I guess mayor of he's, mayor of New York. Normally, so a lot more people know the mayor of New York in the U.S. than any other mayor, right? Yes, sure. In the country, so it's it's a little bit different. They got a little more status, and he's super handsome lo- in this movie. So it's still
0: too much paparazzi following them. I felt like this was so crazy. But we're also like,
2: you know. in L.A. If you were in New York, Paris, you might see him on magazines or whatever. Especially <laughs> if he's in the public eye doing you know he went to that construction site at a hospital um things like that so you might be aware of him if you're in the city and that's where she okay. was right the media was there also
3: they're at that they're at a gala so like yes there's a lot of media interest in this mayor of New York and maybe that's unbelievable but they're at a gala at Lincoln Center so i do buy that there's like one camera person there to get it for like the political magazine of 2002 <laughs>
0: but not not the wall
3: of cameras that they have that was just <laughs> pure we have 38 million dollars like let's <laughs> stack this how much yeah do you i'm want sorry day i'm
2: sorry this does make a difference it's a i was off by 8 million it was 30 million okay okay there. and That's they even... but they made 180 i believe
0: I know, but that's still a lot of people to pay their full day rate. You know, they were in costume. Anyways, that's beside the point. So that made me kind of be like question mark because he's so famous and he's on the top of the... And then also like, where's his money coming from? He's buying, he's like taking out Tiffany's and be like, buy anything. I'm like, I don't know. It just, they were trying to kind of make him like an American Prince Charming. And I was like, they could have made him a businessman or something, you know what I mean? Like something that just made it seem like he was richer. And the second mean thing I want to say about the start of this movie is that she's like New York's up and coming fashionista, like she's this designer and the clothing is so 2002 that it it hurts my brain. Like the jeans and the heels combo with the off the shoulder sassy top that she made. Did that I was like, co- "You're a designer?" Did that
2: come back? Like that style from that she from her line has have you seen it since come back around? I'm sh-
0: I'm sure Gen Z will. Okay,
2: because she was girl. like you said, she was up and coming. So I wonder if that person that actually made that line would still be able to, you know, hang around. They would have weathered the storm. I
0: don't know. Have you seen any of the pictures coming out of Paris Fashion Week? <laughs> Fashion <laughs> now is like, this is a curtain rod attached yeah. to a paper paper bag that I rolled around a dirt in, and then I clipped some put some helium in it Bobby yeah yeah. (laughs) Bobby pins into it and and she's her face is covered in a black mask that she can't see through and I don't know
3: all I've seen are reports of bed bugs out of Paris fashion
2: oh I saw that too that's disgusting they're gonna have to burn that place down to get all those out of there (laughs) rebuild
0: my worry is that you know all these people are coming back to like New York and LA with their bed bugs London with their bed bugs yeah (laughs) And they're not easy to get rid of, I hear. I touch what I've never... And then if of. they
2: get them into hotels here, and then, yeah, that's, that could be a What about on
0: planes? I've got a trip coming Oof. up. I was like, fuck. It makes me itchy know? just thinking about I it. Know. I know. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I just thought it was funny that she was like this up-and-coming fashion designer, and maybe that's mean looking back from the 2023 perspective, but I was like... Oh, my God. She's just so badly dressed.
3: You know what I did love, though, is she did have a fashion journey, which I always appreciate, especially in a rom-com, because they have to look good all the time. So sending them through, like, a little fashion journey where, like, you know, she's in her, like, leather boots and her, you know, black scoop neck, whatever that was. But then by the time they're at the Catfish Festival, she's in a Canadian tuxedo and she's, like, denim on denim I Down never would have
2: girl. thought of that. Yeah. I never would Sarah, have realized Sarah that or seen these that. Yeah.
3: Okay. She's an EP.
0: When EP. When we were doing the movie, she invited me to a Pinterest board to help me figure out what we wanted our characters to wear, which I was like, that's so interesting. That, that really does inform character shapes. Yeah. Chances,
2: so. We were talking about that, is, that like the, the layering of, of a character. Mm-hmm. That is a good
0: point, though, about the fashion journey. As she becomes a little less uptight her clothing becomes a lot more relaxed. Yeah, so. And
3: then by the time she's at the, um, you know, uh, surrendering of the Confederate soldiers, she's like back in her first New York outfit. So, you know, she's oh. sort of like bounced back to her New York self.
2: Ready to go. Which that was which, a part. Yeah, that was a part. <laughs> we could talk about that quick, but one of my favorite quotes um, was when her husband said, you can have roots and wings right? That you can, Aww. I think that's what he said. Do you guys remember that? Like you can be yeah. in Alabama and still go visit other places. Cause you find out that he went to New York to chase after, and then he wanted to make something of himself. But I really like that quote that you can have roots and wings, right? We're all from different places. We all live in LA. Um, but you know, you can still have that love for, for where you came from.
3: I actually have a favorite quote as well. Which- what is it? Is at the Almost Wedding, I screenshotted it, the dad, Earl Smooter, completely seriously (laughs) says, you can't ride two horses with one ass, sugar bean.
2: Okay, I rewind... That scene, I re-rounded that like three times because I couldn't catch it because he kind of said it kind of quick. Subtitles. Okay. So I'm glad <laughs> you. I was, like, I was like, what is she talking? It's like racing down two lanes. What does he say? What horse?
0: Is that a common expression in the South, do you think? Or is that just like a funny dadism? Like are people from the South could be like, I say that all the time. <laughs>
2: Report I don't know, back. None, of us, none of us are from the South. So I don't know. I know.
0: We're like Googling, is
3: this yeah. offensive?
2: <laughs> Can you say the quote again?
3: Oh, absolutely, absolutely! It was—you can't ride two horses with one ass, sugar bean. (laughs) Okay, he's
0: basically saying he's basically saying pick, pick a pick a horse. Yeah, Yeah. she can't love both of them. Which I was like, or hear me out, marry them both.
3: You know, two for one. That's very twenty twenty three. I think. I
0: know. Yeah, I think a Gen Z kid would be like, why wouldn't you just be in a thruple?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Richard Gere in two thousand was riding two horses. And one of them was dying. <laughs>
0: that's the movie we you have to. Actually, you don't have to. Watch yeah, do it, not
2: watch that movie. But that was <laughs> Autumn in New York. He was definitely a philanderer. But yeah, I mean, I think going back and forth. Okay, so Sarah, can this be flipped? Can a guy be Reese Witherspoon, and this movie still be as successful?
3: I'm not watching that movie. Okay, I have well, that, see, absolutely no on interest movie. in a man trying to decide between which hot women woman like he should be with. Whereas a woman who has two very good options and can go either way, (laughs) I will turn on all day. See, okay.
2: Did you have any feeling about that? Yeah,
3: because I feel feel that way having been a straight woman in my twenties and, you know, seen sort of the devastation of a man trying to decide between two women I'm just—that's not like fun for me to watch. Whereas, but you make
0: it—you make it a woman, and it's like suddenly it's yeah. a feminist. She's—who's she gonna choose?
2: Yeah, she's she's a strong woman. But and Sarah, to your point about the conflict, um, Dempsey is okay with it, right? The mom's upset, but he's like—he's looking at her. He's got some internal, you know, life going on inside him. He's like, and you know what? He, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, he marries then he like goes a and goes and finds a another his
0: mother wanted him to marry yeah
3: (laughs) yeah I actually that's something because I've done a couple movies with love triangles and I think that's one of the hardest things is like how do you create a convincing guy who doesn't get the girl who you know he's got to be good looking enough and well-rounded enough that we understand why our female lead would like him you want that convincing like will they won't they throughout the journey Um, I think this does that so well where she's at the wedding to Patrick Dempsey and you're kind of buying it. Like he represents her life in New York, the dreams that she didn't know she could have for herself. And you, I think, I mean, because I am from the North, I'm like married Dempsey. Um, But uh, that, I think that's something that's really hard to do in this genre because you also don't want to feel bad for the guy who doesn't get the girl. And that's something.
0: Cause that's a, da- that's a down. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So if Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, exactly. If like he's he upset, then, on. you know, you just have this like bad feeling in the pit of your stomach. Whereas if he's okay with it and it's an amicable little breakup, then you can just root for Reese to go, you know, run away in her, in her wedding dress. And you don't have to feel any sort of bad feeling while you're watching
0: the alternate version is yeah it's a newspaper article and he's like in jail because his heart was so broken that he like went on a rampage and just like every <laughs> love is a lie.
3: yeah every rom-com can be a thriller
2: I think they um they did a focus group um I believe I was reading into this and the guys came out of it like well Patrick Dempsey didn't do anything wrong like why he didn't you know what I mean because he did it he wasn't an asshole to lose her. She chose somebody else. But that's how guys are feeling coming out of this movie during the focus group. Like, yeah, like, that's messed up. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. And she just went with the old guy. I she just feel like I would
3: it. also I rather have Gene Smart as my mother in law. Simple. I actually wanted to talk about
0: the parents in this because I think it's an interesting thread. You've got Pearl and Earl Smooter in Alabama. You've got. Um, What's her name? The the mayor, who's like kind of overbearing as well, and then the the nicest um, mother of them all is Jean Smart. Like she's so sweet, but it's and she's like the only parental figure that really is like so warm to Reese's character. If you think about it, because her mom's kind of judgmental, her dad's a bit like, oh, here we go again. And then obviously, um, the mayor is like, who the fuck is this woman? You know. So what did you guys think? Do you think that? it was an accurate portrayal of like parental love. Do you think it was a bit harsh? Do you think it worked well with the film? What's your two cents?
2: I think it worked well. Um, I didn't like that Reese Witherspoon punched Mayor Kate in the face. Mm. I thought that was a bit aggressive. You just told her son that you didn't want to marry him in front of all these people. And then she, of course she's upset about it. She's standing up for her son (laughs) and Reese just punches her in the face. Uh, I thought that was a bit much. Yeah. Um, and then I read that Mary Kay placed uh, Pearl Smooter that mm. they needed some conflict there. She had to be a little bit of the reason that Reese went away just a little bit. Obviously she lost the baby. Um, that was part of it. But um They didn't want her to be a villain at the same time, so like she was pushing that. I didn't want you to have my life. I wanted you something better. Um, But yeah, I think overall, and then yeah, Jean Smart, she she was was just so warm and
0: so like. And I I think that was another clue for the audience that like she should go with this guy, you know. But what what did you think, Sarah?
3: Um, I thought you know Jean Smart served as a good opposite of uh Candace Bergen, Mayor Kate, but Earl and Pearl's marriage felt so loveless. And so I think while they were trying to insert more conflict into those scenes, maybe they went too far. And so this whole idea of Pearl being like I didn't want you to end up the way I did. I think there's a scene towards the end where Pearl is saying, you know, her husband drives her crazy, but she still loves him, but we haven't seen any of that love throughout i think it was a very like stereotypical portrayal of a long marriage where they can't stand each other and we don't see what they have in common you know she doesn't even dress as a confederate soldier with him she just like puts his bag on him and kisses him goodbye like i think she should be out there <laughs> in the battlefield with him playing nurse or, or like, whatever
0: as the nurse that like yeah
2: yeah I love that. Yeah, support support your uh, significant other.
0: That was so that didn't that I maybe because I'm not American. I was like, "Wait, wait. We've done a movie about Confederate soldiers." I'm like, "I if I recall, the size on the guys on the the right side were not the people that Earl was role playing as."
2: Yeah. And Andy Tennant was like <laughs> should we have all these confederate flags like the pillow and all that stuff they wanted to do the reenactment um but they were like we can't he his words were we can't whitewash the south in the history right they are there are places in the south that are passionate about the confederate flag and Mm. what they say it means you know with like cutting out the, the slavery part but you know that's for them um but he did say that so they they didn't They wanted to put that in. That's why it's
0: not very it's not a very rom-commy topic topic or, you know, point of conversation in the same way that like saying you're a Democrat or a Republican. I feel like if this was a a movie now, I think they wouldn't
3: include that. I don't know what you think. Or even like him calling her a bitch, like in the Mm -hmm. scene where they meet again for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just it's so the tension, I think, between them is so unappealing. Where at first, yeah, yeah, and I understand you need to set up two characters who like she wants a divorce and he drives her nuts, but there's just he's not doing anything redeemable in that scene, and she kind of he's isn't either,
2: yeah, like i did you think there was chemistry between them? I mean, I even though so. someone's at odds, if they were married and they were childhood, like give my heart to you forever. You didn't really see it, and I kind of read that Josh Lucas um, was really, really serious on set, and uh, and Andy Tennant would say some name that was like some real method, like serious actor, what and the then fuck? Josh would lighten up a little bit um, to to get Joker him out of yeah whatever he was it. in. Yeah, well, but but that's what I'm saying, and it's a rom com, so even if someone's arguing, you could yeah. still feel like that love is there and that chemistry is there between two people. I, I didn't initially see it. And then it starts through. to lighten yeah. up their relationship towards, yeah. Yeah.
3: I think, you know, in Paris's movie, our two leads just got along so well immediately. And so when you're watching them bicker, those two people clearly like each other so much that there's a sparkle to their dynamic even when they're being dramatic and I think with this like you're not feeling any pleasure from like these two being in a room together they are just I I think this movie relies so heavily on us just living for anything Reese Witherspoon does yeah, and Josh Lucas being very handsome and when if you like took those two out of the roles like what would you have
0: yeah makes sense yeah there's not they're just so mean to each other in the beginning that i find it hard to really like either of them to be honest even reese who we adore you know she clears his bank account like that's an ultimate violation to me and I would she be,
3: outs her friend publicly she
0: outs her friend that was fucked up
2: yeah i i had that, that on the super list Super fucked up actually of things
0: and then we and she wakes up and she's yeah. it and we're supposed um, to like just forgive her like that you know
2: but and that's this is what i wanted to ask the two of you so she outs ethan Embry, bobby ray's character and then yeah she goes back and she's like fuck i'm so sorry that i did this like do you think they put that in because in the 2000s hmm. people weren't coming out as as much and wasn't as accepted as it is and then they showed right because um What's his name? Josh Lucas brings Ethan to the fair and was like, Is Ethan still the same per or is Bobby Ray still the same person as you know that you've known a whole life? And everybody's mm-hmm. like, Yeah. And they're like, All right, let's get a drink. So I'm I'm it's wondering if they put that in there for her to out him to set that up exactly, to be like he is just which is no one should ever out anybody, it's super fucked up. But I'm wondering if they Maybe. did this in this movie to it showed his like push uh, that Josh forward Lucas's... a little bit
0: sensitive side for sure because at at first he comes across as this like yeah I mean he calls himself a redneck or she calls him a redneck and like you know they don't seem very with it and metropolitan and blah 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 and so that kind of gives his character depth in that regard but maybe you're right maybe it was kind of progressive sarah what do you think
3: i don't know they gave him a dog that makes him likable enough i feel like (laughs) that's such like like, i know the tricks such a yeah
0: plus five points yeah
3: it's such a quick fix when you're like gosh we have a really unlikable character and it's like okay give him a dog like let's see him interacting with a kid and then he'll be more easily redeemable like I think your point about him seeming more metropolitan than he is, is a good one. And I think in 2002, like, they thought that was a really good idea. But I just, (laughs) I don't think, like, any queer person had any power on this film set or during development and was like, hey, (laughs) this is pretty unforgivable if you publicly out someone. No, and
0: he... He forgives her immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh good, babe. You just ruined my entire life. Like that's my most private mm-hmm. secret, but no, we're good.
3: And then they use it for like some homophobic yeah, jokes. Yeah, I'm thinking like Where, like a movie. he's like I know a place and all the friends are like no and you know everybody Yeah. Also, can we talk about how Josh Lucas is like I'm out of here and just drops his beer bottle yes. and just litters?
2: Yeah, but if you listen No, if you listen, it goes into a garbage bin. They brought that water tower in because this town didn't have one. Uh, And real quick side note or back to the dog. This made me hate reese witherspoon because she she
3: wasn't there for bear she dying didn't
2: know that wasn't her dog she's like bear what like and he's like that's not this is a different dog how the fuck do you not know that's not your dog are you kidding me like uh
0: <laughs> i did laugh that the town had a cemetery specific which is real for this breed that's of dog. yeah is that's that a, real That's real
2: from i mean i didn't fact I check so it but the questions. article i read
0: i was like what if you want to bury your cock spaniel there you're not no. allowed what, well, if, what if, what if your, what if your hound had a one night stand with, you know, it's, can you be buried there if you're a half a coon dog? <laughs> was it? Like a quarter? The
3: dog, the... uh, like a bloodhound though, not a, isn't a, a coon dog or like whatever? It's like a, isn't it a spotted dog? There's like a very specific hunting oh, well, dog. I don't know. I have yeah, to look I'm it not up sure.
2: But yeah, they called it a coon dog cause that's what the, um, the cemetery was for too. But um, yeah, they chase. I
0: think it's. I think it was that dog. Yeah, a little bit. I think it was.
2: They Crazy. also said it was the worst huh. dog on set ever. They couldn't get it to. <laughs> they couldn't get it to bark or sit.
0: Was it the same dog the entire way through? I think so.
2: Um, and then also, I didn't catch this during the watch. Um, I feel like I, I missed it, and I kind of felt bad afterwards reading this. But she, while she was talking to the grave, it was also supposed to be she was talking to the child she lost yeah and then and then josh lucas comes in and they reconnect right
0: yeah because there's nothing more romantic than a cemetery
2: yeah but i they just her um monologue in there was like a little bit to the dog but also to the to the child she lost
3: yeah
0: that's which was
2: interesting yeah
3: i was texting during <gasps> that i'm gonna be honest i like i distinctly remember watching that scene like this and it's here so but.
0: What else, guys? I mean, let's let's call out the obvious ones. There's absolutely no people of color. There's the one security odd who has a couple lines. And her, and her
3: fashion guru and, mentor. Think, yeah, a guru. Yes. Cause who, she was a there's protégé. two gay characters in the movie, and so, of course, they share a look up to- at the <laughs> end.
2: <laughs> you got to. It's like black characters in the 2000s. Oh, there's God. a lot of options, but nope, they got to be together. Um, yeah, I was kind of like... I, I don't really appreciate this stuff because they, none of their friends, no minorities in that town. I, I've been to towns like no that, way. fine. I kind of grew up in one for for a little bit, but I was there. I had friends, right? Like, <laughs> there so there
0: should be at least one person. You in know the what background I mean? Somewhere. Like, yeah. come on,
2: give me something other than the help, than the lady that's cleaning at the uh, plantation the house. Exactly the big house, daddy. You know what I mean? So like, I'm. And I, I'm not feeling it. I I um
0: <laughs> Um, what else guys? I think we the Confederate people were a bit like, oh boy. Um let me ask you a question, Sarah. Would you go back to your ex husband or would you go with the city man? Based on this movie, not your own. Okay, so
3: my, my two options are wealthy, successful Patrick Dempsey, who has great <laughs> hair and beautiful suits. And a mother who like I could put on pearls and deal with or the man who calls me bitch and flies a plane that says Mo Fishing.
2: Oh, well, I think everybody now knows you're going to pick Josh.
3: Okay. I am classist <laughs> as fuck. So I'm going with
2: andrew or whatever his name is okay yeah andrew hennings what about you paris i was gonna ask you i mean which guy would i patrick or josh um (laughs) i mean if it was
0: women you could i'm just kidding
2: yeah um i mean regardless i would probably this is hard for me right because um i would never really sell out like Reese's character did. <laughs> um, I, I came to L. A. and I'm like this is who like, I am. I'm from Wisconsin. Out? I think so. A oh, little I guess bit. she kind of like lied about. And she, she, she shit on all of her friends in that bar. True. True. Um, true. Like I would. I would never do anything like that. Um, not saying I'm perfect, but I am. But I would probably. I would want a guy that's a mix of these two, right? But if I had to had to choose, I'm probably leaning slightly towards. Patrick Dempsey as well. Hell yeah. Um, I I don't know why I did that. This for me, it was like Reese or Melanie just about to sign the divorce paper. And I just went back to Patrick. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I like big cities. I like going home to Wisconsin and going, you know, my aunt had a farm growing up. I love getting that every once in a while. But where I want to be, I want to be around a lot of people, a lot of diversity, a lot of action. And I think- Patrick was where it was at
0: I'm gonna go it's three for three on the city guy and I'll tell you why and it's something we haven't spoken about this last hour but it's interesting you are not the same person that you were when you were 10 years old and seven years is a long time I've been in the U.S. in January it will be seven years the girl that got off the plane at LAX with a dream and a cardigan, that is not the same <laughs> girl. Now, you know what I mean? You like, still
3: have a dream and in a cardigan.
0: I do. But I, it's
3: a really different cardigan.
0: It's it's totally different. It's designer, I got yeah. you know same dream
2: but, though. On stage with Robin Thicke at the VMAs, and it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: But you know what I mean? And, like, the fact that they hadn't spoken in seven years. I had a boyfriend before I moved to the U.S. We went to Thailand. We were supposed to be there for two months. He is still there seven years later. He decided to stay, and I decided to continue with the dream and come to L.A. Met my partner now, who's amazing. I, I just don't buy into that, like oh, but your first love thing, blah, 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 like your hometown, maybe that's because I grew up and moved around a lot. But you guys are from places that you like grew up. Would you like turn around and marry your high school sweetheart? You know what I mean? It's just like you're
3: a different person now.
2: Sarah, you can answer that first.
3: I mean, I didn't have a high school sweetheart. So I, but I mean, every time I go back to my hometown, I just think about, la sorry if my parents are listening to this in the future um yeah i yeah yeah i love going back for christmas but i think like LA has shaped me in a way that I don't necessarily like feel like I already didn't feel compatible with my hometown when I was there. And then the idea of going back now is marrying a guy who
0: makes glass out of lightning and sand.
3: I mean, where's the stability in that? What if he gets hit? I have a crippling anxiety. So every time he's going out to craft his little art project, I'm yeah. like, babe, please don't do this.
0: Make sure you wear rubber boots, honey. Please just
3: be an actuary.
0: Yeah. Go back to school. I'll support us with my thriving designer business.
2: Yeah, she made it.
0: Yeah. What about you, David? Do you... Do you relate to that? Like, do you feel like you're a different? I mean, I know you feel that way.
2: Yeah. I mean, I always had the drive. So, and the the drive to come out here um, or be or a bigger city, right? Wanting something more. I've, my aunt told me my grandpa was a dreamer. um, And I kind of get that. I am as well. But like, um, I pushed for it. And I remember dating women in Wisconsin. And one was like, nah, like, I would never move another one was like she already moved for a guy you know and she was back in wisconsin so she wasn't going to do that again so in all these relationships that i had it was just me that was going to go and i knew at some point this was going to have to end because i still ha- i had that pull right and
0: that's why that's why patrick is patrick dempsey's character is the right choice because it's not about like who you were, it's about the choices you make. And that's why we've all met people out here in L.A., because these are people that also want the same mm-hmm. things as us, right?
2: But Josh Lucas, um, character, Jake Perry, he was willing to do both, right? He was willing to split time. So that's what Reese wanted. And that's why he said you can have roots and wings. And they show, which I, I liked at the end of the movie, um, like some Polaroids and some pictures of them in New York. Right. Yeah. Um. So they were splitting time. So it's it's a little bit different, right? Because she had she has a partner that is willing to spend time where she is happy.
0: And it worked out in the rom com way, but it also could have mm-hmm. ended badly where he was like, I resent you for making me move to this busy ass city. You know, that was the version we didn't see. Yeah,
2: and that's scary if you're in a relationship like that and you know that can come.
3: Can we talk about her? The story about her blowing up a cat. Oh, oh wow I almost forgot yeah. about that cause you know so it's she's mean to everybody she hates her hometown she, like she's an animal abuser on top of that yeah there are some animal abuse jokes in here like when the dog like jumps into the water and she's like can he swim and Josh Lucas says it looks like he can't and we're all just like ha 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 the yeah. dog might be drowning
2: yeah so he's gonna come back up right right
3: yeah and then we see the cat at the end with the singed tail so we know that the cat didn't die but it's still supposed to be this like funny story that she no
0: i hated that i hated that (laughs) i'm glad you brought that out because i forgot probably blocked it out of my mind because it was so traumatic (laughs) but yeah they laughed it off they laughed that shit off Well, the
2: cat was okay right yeah i was like where is this going they this i was like this is some shit they would do in Bama, blow <laughs> put some dynamite on a cat and this whole story about well, well it was he, nice he was he dying was yeah. yeah so <laughs> explode this cat like she has any i mean she was 10 and dakota fanning obviously amazing on screen um but, but you know
0: who kills cats serial psychopaths. psychopaths yeah yeah, yeah. T- like <laughs> the bullies <they> animals <laughs> with- yeah the kids kids that like want to blow up a cat when they're 10 yeah that's the one you want to put a tag on because that guy or girl is going to jail in like you know a short amount of time. whenever 100%. stephen king
3: is like introducing a bully character he's like this is how this child abuses animals and you're just like oh, okay i can't wait for the murderous spider to kill this child
2: yeah this kid's gonna get his yeah
3: and like you're rooting laugh. for it whereas with yeah. this we're just like haha reese witherspoon <laughs> tied dynamite to, to a cat
2: yeah oh that's and we miss her we miss that reese Witherspoon. <laughs> we're in
3: love with very different people yeah
2: <laughs> that that alcohol chugged cat blowing up in, outing. Uh, two-step and two-stepping out <laughs> yeah crazy girl that's the one we miss
0: lying to her fiance about <laughs> who she is you know she's got some is. character
2: flaws a lot yeah, of yeah,
0: actually, when you start to unpack it, she's not the nicest no. rom-com character you can have. So,
2: does Patrick Dempsey win? Like, right? Yeah. Does he dodge he a bullet? A yeah. Did he die or dodge a stick of dynamite? Yeah. I don't know. I mean,
0: he's he gets like a little cough he gets like COVID, and she like starts getting the dynamite out of the drawer. Just, what, do you, like, what are you doing with that babe and he's like he's like uh, uh, you're uh, sick uh, uh, and uh, i love like, you
2: yeah let he me like, do stubs, this stubs his toe she
0: reaches out the dynamite <laughs> it's like the most minor inconveniences well good night sweet prince he's like no i'm fine i just like literally my toe no
2: no good day. i got this
0: um well, that's that movie, you guys. That's a rom-com. I feel like there's actually a lot to this film when you start to unpack it, more than some of the other films we've seen, like, Um, you know, that old chestnut. But before we let you go, Sarah, I do want to talk a little bit, because I sort of hinted at it at the beginning, but with a lower budget film, so this film was $30 million, the rom-coms that you tend to make are around the $2 million mark, you said. Yeah. What are some of the creative souls that you have to come up with when you're working with like a limited budget
3: yeah so I think you know some of the things I saw in this movie are you can have a catfish festival that has nothing to do with the plot and it's just like a beautiful location that sells what the town is and what they're doing whereas you know with two million or less that is going to be your big final scene or you need a lot to be happening at this catfish festival because you're going to have to spend so much money on the background and setting it up and getting everything you need for it that you got to spend a couple days there. Um The other thing is like the civil war reenactment that just requires so many people and it requires period wardrobe and, you know, maybe they partnered with somebody who already did that. And so they were just able to get like a bunch of volunteers who, because I mean, I know people who do, um, American Revolution reenactments in New England. Um, when you
0: said, I thought you said sponsor for a second and my mind was like, who would sponsor this? <laughs> and like this portion of the movie brought to you by <laughs> the Republican Party. <laughs> Remember when things were good?
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I the, mean, that's probably South an option. The South rise again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like, you know, them having that beautiful outdoor wedding in the garden and it just getting rained on. And it's, that's like the scene where she doesn't end up with the guy she's about to marry. You're just not going to waste money making things really beautiful unless you know, you're going to spend a lot of time there and you're going to have a really good scene there. Um, I don't think we would try to have like the final thing, final scene in a bar. Um Just because you're not, you know, you have to light it. You've got to fill it up with people. Um, You just have to get creative about getting bang for your buck. You've got to set a lot of scenes during the day, so you can use the beautiful sunshine to light your actors um, instead of bringing in a lighting kit. Um, You know the what
0: what about what about extras? Yeah, that was something.
3: Extras is a big thing Um, for Paris's movie. We put up extra Christmas trees to hide the fact that we had like four people there. I don't I know.
2: Like <laughs> <laughs> so you got to get creative and it's crafty, funny right?
0: It doesn't feel busy, you know, and, and you, I think as a viewer, you can't tell that something's off, but then now I'm like, Oh, or well, you see the six same people and they're kind of standing in a semicircle like yeah. right around the main, the main people speaking.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the, quick fixes that I always use is the business is struggling and that's why there are no customers, mm. which gets old 13 movies later.
2: <laughs> yeah. But man, this this town is really on some hardship. Every business here. <laughs> is struggling. Yeah. Why,
0: do, why does she have an elaborate cake wedding cake shop in this tiny town? She you know, what's house. so
2: yeah. tough
3: too is like, it's just hard to get time of day across. I think, you know, you can have the sun down, but it's hard to, you know, Paris and I had an ice cream shop in 12 dares. And so, You know, we set a lot of scenes before the shop opened or after it had already closed. But we're not saying that we don't have, you know, a sign that says closed or closed at 5 p.m. or whatever it is. And so all the viewer who has absolutely no context is seeing is just a really empty shop. And they're like, Chelsea, don't end up with Troy. He has no money.
2: (laughs) And it's not like you want to add a line in there as they walk in and be like, "Oh yeah, we got to hurry up and order. They're closing soon."
3: Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. But then you have to pay that person more money if they have a line. So Okay. See, it's not that a was fix. what I learned with some of
0: these these movies is like they can have five lines or less and it has to be 10 words or less per sentence. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I think um there there's just different levels of actors and so, you know, there's background and then there's the five or under
0: featured background
3: yeah or there's you know anybody who has a special skill so if you've got uh you know if you've got a cafe and there's somebody playing the guitar Mm -hmm. in the background they're going to be paid a little bit more i worked on a movie where um we for some reason during prep wanted to have somebody playing oh it was the guy it was for a christmas movie the male lead is a grinch he doesn't like christmas and so, this background actor is supposed to start playing a Christmas song on the guitar, and he's like, oh, let's get out of here. And that's what gets them to her apartment. Because you can't just have somebody invite somebody over, you know, there's got to be a reason. And because um, otherwise she's a slut. Exactly. Um, and so, and we don't like <laughs> sluts on Christmas. The director didn't want to set up a little stage and have this guy playing and so it was like at the end of the day we were like, wait, 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 wasn't there supposed to be a guitar player going? Like, why is there some, you know, background actor who's just like sitting in the tent with a guitar? What is going on? And we were like, we had to pay this guy and we didn't even use him.
0: Well, it's fascinating. Okay, Sarah, so then we always ask this of guests, but if someone was wanting to get into the rom com game, do you have any advice? What can you tell people?
3: Um Watch rom-coms. I think that one of the ways I got to where I am today is um, I was working for a company that was making rom-coms and it just felt like the people who were doing it weren't watching the comps. Um, And so I started doing that and seeing the value in the genre. I think that rom-coms are disrespected, unrightfully so. Um, Although I think
0: they are having a, they're having a comeback.
3: Definitely. I, when I meet people who appreciate what a rom-com is and what it does, I know there's somebody who can make it in this space because if you, if you just don't see rom-coms, if you think, if you think writing a rom-com or directing or producing a rom-com is going to be easy, then you're not going to make it because it is so freaking hard and Paris Knows how hard it is to make a rock up.
0: You know what? I do know, and David knows too because we're friends and I was always like canceling on hanging out or doing things because I was like, I have to like sit in front of the screen and figure out this <laughs> hole in the thing. I will say, yes, it's hard, but I don't know. Do you think about like the hard times when they're past? Like in a way, it kind of, I guess it's probably like childbirth. Like I, I remember in a concept that it was difficult but I don't remember like the pain. Yeah. Like, I remember you called me. I was at the airport going to Vegas and it was between drafts four and five. And you oh. Like, oh my God. You were like, Oh my God, you did such a good job. So great. We love it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can get the rest of my money. I'm done. And you're like, so anyway, and it was just like, <laughs> I forget what the note was, but it was a big rewrite. I think that for me was the biggest rewrite between four and five. And I did ultimately end up doing 12, uh, rewrite like 12 drafts for 12 days, which I kind of liked the symmetry of that. But I remember that one was painful because yeah, it was like a but page
3: one rewrite. Yeah. It but was, like uh, you're
2: saying your mindset Paris is, yeah. you know, you did this thing, you look back and it's going to be like the good memories or, you know, you were st- like sharpening your sword basically every time you had to go back to it. And then just that experience moving forward, Totally. Right? And, so, and that's a
0: th- like the best thing about writing in my personal opinion is when it's written. I do love a blank page when I'm starting a fresh idea, but I'll tell you the hardest part of writing is when you've already got like a draft and it's because once you have something on the page, it feels very hard to take the pieces and move them around. You start to see the script as like its own thing and not something that can be changed, which is weird. Cause it's like nothing set in stone. It's on a fucking computer. So it's just a mental, mental game. And I mean, you know Sarah and I both have also worked in production y type things making stuff as we always talk about David is so fucking hard like the idea of starting a new movie right now I want to like a pr- like not writing pre-production but I know it's going to be like an uphill battle you know and then the best part is when it's done and you get the poster or you look back and it's like yeah uh. that was great whereas I think acting is a bit different like you get joy out of actually acting and like yeah. being writing is not always like that production is not always like yeah the 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 thing
2: with acting is trying to figure out a character and if it's if it's going to work or not right and like backstory or this you know say this this way or that way like does that feel natural like that type of stuff is sifting through those kind of weeds and then once you get out there and it's like, oh, let's let's see what happens, and then you're kind of living in it, and you get that rush, and it just feels, yeah, it feels the great. The director's
0: just saying a trigger word, so you stop acting like kind
2: of a <laughs> Yeah, co-worker. yeah, exactly. Lighten up, motherfucker. But I think um, that's
3: my favorite part about working on rom coms is when you step onto set, and you know you've been toiling away at twelve drafts of this script and you don't even know if it's good or funny anymore and then you know for Paris's movie um there was one line where the you know the lead actress says something and then the guy responds with like what and i was watching audition tapes and the way the guy we cast said it was so funny i laughed out loud so i've read this line so many fucking times in 12 drafts how many times did i read each of those drafts i do not know and then hearing somebody say it for the first time aloud is so funny that I'm like, oh, my God, this script is so good. Oh, and star. so that and that, well, like, it's just magic. It's,
0: it's so true with anything. Like um, we had one of our very early guests was a friend of mine, Marcus Mensa. He's a DP, and he worked on all of the I Think You Should Leave, if you've ever yes. seen that. It's so silly it makes me laugh so hard and I was watching it and I texted him while I was watching it because he's worked across all three seasons and I was like Tim is genius and I was like how much of this is improv and how much of this is scripted and he told me that show is scripted to within an inch of its life so because you, and we've had conversations about this me and him where it's like comedy movies like one of the things that happens with like when you're talking about like great improvists like Will Ferrell um Ryan Gosling and Barbie Yes, sometimes they come up with like amazing lines, and that that gets a laugh. But realistically, the script is also probably good. It's just that everyone has experienced seven takes of the same thing, and you know, or read it fifty million times. So I think all of that is really subjective. Is that's what I'm trying to say? So yeah, you know, the part of it is is saying the same line over and over again and still getting the same emotion out
2: of it. Yeah, right? or t- saying what different than you know anybody else did in their audition and making Sarah laugh right
0: this guy also looked exactly like the character which was so bizarre like I think he was exactly what we were both imagining it was it was unfortunate for everyone else because literally anyone could have been cast but this guy just like randomly it was it yeah, so yeah. So it, was,
2: it was his part
3: it was written for him without us um, even knowing
0: And then Sarah, you know, the cool thing about working this business, David, Sarah got to cast um, someone that she knew very well in the lead female role, Brittany Underwood, who's so talented, and she'd worked with her before. And then also, the sister character was somebody that you had like appreciated and worked. It just goes to show, like, relationships are everything,
3: too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, especially I think in the daytime rom com space, which is where I've been working. Um, You know, we shoot a lot in outside of Vancouver, in Kelowna, and so you get to know a lot of the same people who have the rom-com sparkle and like the work and keep, you know, auditioning for these projects. And so I think that's something that's really nice about it is it's sort of, there's a little bit of a small town feel, which is very appealing because a lot of these movies are all about kind of that community and that small town feel. You know, Sweet Home Alabama and. Just like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. And so my sweet home is getting, you know, to see Brittany Underwood audition. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool I think David would be good in a rom-com actually you've got the looks got... for it and the smile
2: you. <laughs> you're making think... a biracial man blush
3: I think Stop I
2: think it. I
0: was I was able to submit a few friends to the casting I don't know if it went anywhere you were like that's not the the early stage is not my department and I was like okay I'll send it to the people but yeah I'm determined to have a friend in in a rom-com because I think they're great I think rom-coms are the best like I want to watch one tonight. I was thinking like, are there any new rom-coms out that I haven't seen? You know yet? what
3: I love? And it's not that old is, um, what if with Daniel Radcliffe and Zoe Kazan oh, I even know that and Adam one. driver oh, plays Daniel Radcliffe's what? best friend. I love this movie. I think it came out in 20, 2013, maybe? 2013. Yeah, 20- oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's kind yeah. of old now, but
0: Daniel Radcliffe, Zoe Kazan, Adam driver, I don't recognize any of these other people.
3: It's just like, I don't know. That's one I keep watching over and over again. And maybe it's because there's like one scene where Zoe Kazan is knitting. And I'm like, oh my God, I knit. Look at that cool (laughs) millennial woman knitting. We're the same. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I was actually going to ask
0: you, like, do you have a favorite rom-com since you were inspired by so many?
3: I think I would have to say. It's it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? what if is one i watch a lot um you've got mail when harry met sally um sleepless in seattle i really love it's complicated the um uh alec baldwin steve martin and meryl streep
2: yeah i I know that one do you know that one david i it sounds familiar
0: yeah i think you might have seen the trailer or seen the poster or something
2: It's
3: it's like an older romance like I don't know it's just really fun it's really lighthearted um a lot of laughs um but I think I like my that. favorite is probably Parent Trap. I watched that Aww. every time I got sick like we were watching fair and trap <laughs> so i think my brother still can't stand to watch it because he's seen uh, it so many times but yeah. it's so
0: funny i just saw an instagram everything's connected i just saw an instagram before we jumped on that was like showing all the stand-ins for the back of her head and like how many the guy was like talking about all the different little girls that were there um and it was cute i mean lindsay Lohan was like playing with all of them i was like oh that is Lindsay's cute not fucked <laughs> um david do you have a favorite rom-com i know you're sort of into the genre uh
2: yeah i mean i love rom-coms but i don't know if i have a favorite um like i like hitch i think that's a really funny one um i like a lot of the matthew mcconaughey had you know a moment where he was doing oh yeah he was putting up some rom-com numbers but yeah i just like I like the feeling at the end of them, right? It's you're gonna get you're gonna get some laughs. They're gonna be a little heartfelt, and you're gonna come away and be like, yeah, you know, love. Love is cool. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> love is cool.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it counts as a rom com, but the movie I was obsessed with as a child was Ever After, and I think it's got kind of a rom com vibe to it, yes. even though it's set. It's like supposed to be like a retelling of the Cinderella story. <laughs> Cinderella story. I used to be able to quote that movie like religiously also a melanie linsky movie, oh, he, by the way she's would you say
2: princess diaries yes or not princess diaries. oh hell yeah. yeah that's a great one that's it that one is that the one i'm is thinking that, of with billy crystal's coming, in it right no diaries. <laughs> wait not princess like, di- is
1: the, i'm not is is it's he not he princess di- diaries the
2: what's the movie where uh billy crystal's like in full makeup and he's like running a torture chamber and it's oh, got Princess um, Bride. Princess Bride. Totally yeah, sorry. a rom-com. That, that is the rom I would say that might be my favorite rom-com. Yeah. That movie we used to watch all the time when we were little.
0: I think that's our generation. Like, is that's very quotable. You know? Yeah. Hey, that one. And then, I mean, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Absolutely. my favorite. But I think you're right. Matthew McC- If I see Matthew McConaughey, peak Matthew McConaughey, like, 2002 to like 2008. I'm like, this this is gonna be a great movie. He He's turned down a, a lot draw. of
2: lot of things to get out of that that framing, and right? I'm happy for him. But I think yeah. we could
0: have gotten like three or four. <laughs> he never, he would have been would have been great in this. You know he this guy kind of
3: looks like an off brand.
2: Who knows? Here, they could have hit him up. I that guess.
3: I think you're probably right about that. Although yeah. didn't he do Fool's Gold in maybe 2008 yeah,
2: with the same director? Yeah, right? S- yeah.
3: Maybe he was like, I need a little more edge. And then they came back to it.
0: <laughs> okay. Last comment. And then it's getting long and we'll figure out if we thought this was a good movie or not. Um, the Reese With the Spoon haircut. I think I texted David this. I was like the choke hold this hairstyle had on us, in our like mid early to mid teens. I feel that I am owed compensation because I tried this haircut and spoiler alert it did not look good on me you know because she's got it like fluffed and it's like styled and when you get that shaggy kind of bob wet or you don't brush it properly it just looks horrific everybody Paris is going to
2: post a picture of this haircut (laughs) you know what I fucking fucking will I'll text you guys right I think I found
0: an old album like on Facebook it was like remember this and I was like no but should I Um, Sarah did you Well,
3: I actually have a haircut appointment tomorrow And as I was watching this movie I was like damn That hair looks good Should I get it it?" (laughs) it. (laughs) After I just shit on it so hard No because I also do not Style my hair in any way So unless I have a team Uh, I probably can't do it Shout out also to whoever did her highlights They look amazing in this movie
0: They did I, I feel like I see this haircut in so many movies and I'm like it's like Cameron Diaz is an offender, Reese Witherspoon is an offender. Christina Applegate. Christina Applegate was an offender. I mean Rachel from Friends was an offender. Um what the fuck? Like why I don't even were they know what you guys are they out here talking about making us cut our hairs? The one
2: where she's in the beginning where she's wearing the black sweater.
3: Yeah.
0: Just her the haircut. haircut? It's like this the fluffy bob it's like not, not
3: i feel like um cute. rachel lee cook had it in yes and she's, all, she's that. all that yeah
0: mm-hmm. but she had the brown hair one so you know brown hair bad blonde hair good in the <laughs> 2000s remember um anyway okay so we're getting a little long in the tooth sarah this is such a delight to have you on the pod we need to talk about rom-coms all the time we will work together again soon and we'll talk about my rum comes specifically and then we'll also talk about you know and you guys uh, got
2: a shotgun a beer yes.
0: yeah maybe maybe when we all get together to watch the film mm-hmm. we do that um but it is that time where we must shout out someone from the cast or crew David why don't you show us how it's done
2: okay I went with Mike Riley and he was the location manager for Ooh. this I read that this was not shot in Alabama. Uh, they shot a lot of it in Georgia. Uh, one of the beach scenes, um, I think, where the lightning was striking was in Florida. Um, they did some, like, B-roll kind of stuff in a town, I think, in Alabama. And then they found some other town that looked similar to it, and they used that for some of the shoot. But sound like he was hopping around a lot. It takes um, – a village as we always say and for people to find these spots and then I can't even imagine the process they have to go through to get permitting and all that stuff to be able to shoot at this location what time of day can we do this uh coordinate it with how many other people to make this all come together so you know it's just um like one of these people that we say yeah it makes uh takes a village so Mike Riley, we see you and we appreciate you
0: we see you and we appreciate you. And I love that you called out locations because I feel like it's not the most glamorous job mm. and people kind of forget. They also mm. are the ones responsible for making sure that there's like toilets on set and like streets are closed so you don't get hit by a car.
2: So A lot of coordination.
3: And everyone yells at locations, I think. Anytime anybody's upset, everyone on set is like, oh, go talk to locations. <laughs>
2: They get all the brunt and uh, yeah of people's frustrations and, and they're like, why
0: doesn't this movie? Why isn't this movie funny? Like, let's go talk to locations. Like, why didn't you pick a <laughs> funny location? They're like, what the fuck? Um, Sarah, who do you want to shout out from the Costo crew? Wow,
3: um, I'm gonna shout out George Fenton, who did the music. Mm. Um, he did the music for You've Got Mail, which is a very fun album to listen to. That I listen, I listen to that soundtrack a lot when I'm working oh. so go George
0: yeah okay. good job George yeah, we George. see you we appreciate you My I went Lisa K. Sessions she was the set decorator because I really did think the houses looked amazing the bars looked amazing everything just was so rich and so well put together and it's not an easy job and like these little details that I notice and I, I feel like we notice and Sarah, you probably like, that was an expensive <laughs> bunch of props, but you know what I mean? Like it just makes the movie feel so like cool, especially when they went to see his like glass shop warehouse thing. Showroom. Um, showroom. Yeah. Just very, very good at attention details. She's done a lot of stuff. She worked on the suicide squad in 2021 she worked on Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. She worked on Dolomite Is My Name, which is a great film. So, you know, she's out here. She's working. She did Focus in 2015. Like, she's she's had some cool, cool stuff since she did this. So, for that reason, I wanted to shout her out. Lisa, we see you and we appreciate you.
3: Also, the Thank homes you, felt very lived in, which is true. I think it's hard to strike the balance between, like, cluttered and lived in. And she her nailed it. Earl
0: and Earl, her house, their house was particularly noteworthy, especially that chair that like shot her backwards. I was like, Yeah, I feel like every dad has some fucking weird gross chair that they're like, look at this, honey, and you're like oh. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Thanks, dad. throw it back. Thanks, Dad. Um, all right, well this is the part where we must decide if the film has aged like milk or not. But before we do that, Sarah, do you have anything to promote? Do you want people to follow you on Goodreads? Do you oh God. you know you you
3: need a job um at the moment. Yeah, I would like to promote myself. No, um uh I- Hopefully, 12 Days of Christmas will air in the US and other countries across the globe. So just keep your eyes peeled for the great Christmas rom com, 12 Days of Christmas, and TVD on when or where you'll be able to watch it. Yeah,
0: hopefully soon. (laughs) Because I am like checking the website daily.
2: Buy it, stream it put it on right. your tv should we just buy at it ourselves night and just put just it sh- on repeat
0: you guys i just released mean girls on paramount from paramount onto tiktok in 24 parts i'm like should we just do that with 12 days yeah wow. so let's
2: is that a first
0: i don't know maybe it's
3: really the whole movie
0: yeah
2: Interesting. it's kind of it's
0: kind of fucked up i mean the writers are like they did this so they don't have to pay us in full because if you've fully post it somewhere then you have to pay residuals but if it's in parts there is some language in the contract that's like i don't get the can, bullshit
2: like mm, why take uh, it's shady. That's, that's wow. shady yeah
0: but having said that i'm just kidding like 12 days of christmas only, <laughs> it's only 90 minutes yeah we'll start that's a like,
3: gofundme we'll yeah, we'll
2: buy, buy it, it back
3: from the company yeah and then we
2: go. put it on tiktok distribute yeah. it on tiktok
3: yeah and make no money yeah. back So anybody who wants to donate can Venmo Paris directly. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to
0: be great. Um, But yes, so, and someone hire Sarah, because she obviously is so knowledgeable and so creative and so good at working with writers. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, But it is that time where we must decide if this film has aged like milk or not. David, do you want to show us? Me?
2: Sure, I can, but you never go first. Okay, I'll go first then. I'll go first. You hit it.
0: I think this film aged like uh a beer that you thought was going to be a cause is that what he drinks and then you take a sip and it's a bud light and you're like wait what the fuck because I think this movie not that it doesn't like deliver on the promise but I think as we've all expressed maybe she should have gone with the drink Dempsey character so there's like things about this milk that you're like hmm this is not what I was expecting. Maybe it's the milk I needed because it's slightly healthier, but it's not necessarily the milk I wanted. So it's not bad. It's just with the lens of 20 or so years, it's, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a different milk. It's not what I was expecting milk. So that's my take. Sarah, okay. what do you say? Okay.
3: I think this is a carton of milk past its expiration date but it's in some stubborn people's fridges and they're like smell it it's not expired and i'm smelling it and it's pretty sour but they're still drinking it
0: okay and do you mean because of the because of the like lack of diversity and the yeah the
3: i think somewhere. it's sour but people are giving it nearly 5 stars on amazon so It's very appealing to some. And I think it is, you know, formulaically perfect and well cast and well acted. Very well said. All right, David, what do you think?
2: All right. So we're on the beach and lightning strikes and you're like, oh, man, when lightning strikes, it makes milk. You just got to dig it out. So then we (laughs) dig it out and we pull the milk up and we're like, "Uh, this isn't this isn't as cool as. What we thought it was going to be right so similar with about the you there's some there's some nasty chunks in it um but it's you know cute parts but then yeah the the minority stuff the outing stuff there's some stuff in this movie that you probably wouldn't put in a film today your milk yeah so like exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. so um yeah i think it aged a little bit but You know, on the surface, you're like, oh, this is great. And I just want to give a little shout out to the band Leonard Skinner, who have wrote this song, great documentary on them, fantastic band. I don't know if the lead singer was still alive, if he would have um, signed off on selling this. I don't know if they even own the rights, but uh, I love that band. From
0: what what I've recently learned about music supervising and contracts is that most bands sign away their rights as they're emerging as like, they're going. They join a yeah label, when they're so coming
2: up yeah but overall savvy. yeah I, th- I think it was a decent watch we didn't talk about it too much i don't i don't know if i consider this a fall film she did have a cup of coffee in her hand and a sweater at one point but uh <laughs> don't ask me listen
0: i'm just going to tiktok for answers I know, and so I know. far tiktok is list. zero for zero yeah, you yeah. Know? as a professional yeah.
3: this is not a fall movie Nobody talks about fall There are no autumn specific events I think it's It's a good cozy watch for fall
0: Cozy But it's like
3: Paris knows If you're going to make a Christmas movie Christmas needs to be present on every page of that script It's got to feel like a character You're you're you know Taking hot hot cocoa It has to be Christmas Yeah yeah so The cat
0: was actually a snowman that they shoved into the Exactly
3: so this is not a (laughs) fall movie Okay.
0: I know, because I'm trying to think, like, you know, I don't think there's that many fall movies. I know, like, Sleepless in Seattle and you've got mail, but when I think about it, I'm like, there's obviously so many more holiday Christmas movies and not as many autumn movies, which seems strange because autumn is
3: non-denominational, so... But not every place has autumn. That was, like, a big one for us. Mm. Um, Also, Sleepless in Seattle starts at Christmas. Mm. So or like when Harry met Sally, there's some great sweaters in there. That's but it the ends on of. New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: does Autumn in New York, which is
2: Yeah. Nice. They end on yeah, they go Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Everything yeah. about that is always which is lies. <laughs> well, it sounds like opportunity for the two of you to
0: I know, but then she's a right, straight like fall like, movie. Yeah. Australia like, the fall is, you know, flipped, so it's spring, it's
3: April. And you but. can't air the movies year round. You can only air them. You know one time of the year so it's just not worth it financially.
2: As soon as I Starbucks see. comes out with that pumpkin spice if Starbucks
3: Eat. wants to pay for a pumpkin spice latte love, Paris is writing it right now. I already wrote it. Oh,
2: I just wrote man. it right now in my mind. See, you guys are already getting it in. That's, this uh, is why I need to work with take Sarah it to again. Starbucks gets.
0: She, she's, yeah. she's 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 so fast. Yeah. Savvy. Savvy is a smart woman, and has great ideas. So yeah, yeah. Starbucks, hit us up. We'll tag
3: them. <laughs> we'll tag
0: them in the post <laughs> at Starbucks. They're like, What is this? And then the manager listens all the way to the end.
3: He's like, You know what? Let's we gotta bring in a great idea we're ready we're ready to pitch
0: just give me one free pumpkin spice latte and i'll do it for free honestly yeah i'm addicted to that stuff so yeah but anyway that's the film sarah thank you so much this is a super long episode but because we're having so much fun and chatting and rom-coms are so fun to dissect um we appreciate you we can't wait to do the parent trap with you when we hear about your you know fabulous new job where you're like oh now i'm making three million dollar movies I'm like, don't yeah. tease me <laughs> she's like do you know what I could do with an extra milli? I could do so much so many catfish festivals
3: Absolutely. two guys
2: in the tent playing guitar yes <laughs>
0: <could> yes do- <laughs> uh, put them in <laughs> oh shit well thanks so much for coming on um, yes I hope 12 days comes out I hope we get to work together again soon that's the show for now David you should go ahead and check your fridge
2: and make sure that milk ain't spoiled
1: Gross milk is gross, that's our show. Goodbye. <coughs>